Hello and welcome to FFS Fast Finance Sorted, your 15-minute fun financial education. With me, Beth Jackson from Two Sisters Accounting. And me, Hilary Lewis from Winchester Corporate Finance. And me, Martin McLeod from Financial Health Club. And today's episode is sponsored by Reward Finance Group. So I was actually reading earlier, uh, I found a fantastic stat that says uh, that 20% of 18 to 13 four-year-olds um, actually use YouTube for finance help now. That's that a, cra- that, that a crazy stat, isn't it? But I think that will continue to increase because I think YouTube is, seems to be the go-to platform for so many people to learn something or a new skill. But it's also scary at the same time because the people that are on there are obviously providing what they would term financial advice. Um, probably have learnt most of it from a postage stamp so it is it's a scary scary thought um, especially when they're obviously talking about things like cryptocurrency and things that they don't fully understand or they can't fully understand how to value themselves and they're telling people to invest in these things and they're, they're, they're showing them returns which um, obviously they don't go back 20 or 30 years they're only going back a few years and they've got no idea really uh, what the returns of these kind of assets will be in the future so I think it, it, it definitely is risky and people if they're looking for financial help yes by all means consume some content that you think might be beneficial to your learning but if you really do want help you need to reach out to people that have been there and done that and professionals um, you know it's a bit like you can probably get a, a pilot license in a few months but I mean who do you want flying your family to Australia you want somebody that's been there and done that and obviously has been a pilot for for many many years so I think there is a room for it in the education side there's many times that I've watched YouTube videos myself and learned something so I do think it is it can be beneficial but definitely if you're looking to get help to get yourself investing or get yourself looking at pensions you, you definitely should be reaching for help outside of YouTube as someone I who's it for cake tutorials <laughs> As someone who creates a lot of video content, so I am, I don't actually, I mean, this has taught me I need to get my stuff on YouTube. Most of my stuff goes on TikTok or Instagram. And as someone who is a sort of accountant, financial advice, content creator these days, um, I can give you the facts. I can give you the short version of facts in a minute, a minute and a half. What I am giving you is a sort of idea to highlight the things you need to be asking an expert about or signpost the key things you need to be thinking about or make you stop in your tracks and go, oh my goodness, I should be doing that, I shouldn't be doing that. It's not It's not proper advice. It is generic. It is trying to cover ev- the sort of basics for everybody in a minute, which is not full accounting advice. It's not specific to people, it's very generic. So use it as a way to signpost. Do not use it as like your GP, like, yeah, it's signposts. It's not a full route plan. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's that thing of, like Beth, I I create content on LinkedIn um, and I do use video on there. And I think it's a really good, it's it's a, the attention span for the majority of people is just so short now. People consume so much content um, that you want something quick and easy and digestible. But as you say, it, you can't go into specifics for it. So it just gives people an idea and it allows people to then go, actually, I'm going to ask 
Hillary about that because what she said it, it's kind of struck a chord they know that they need to be learning about it but um, they they know that they need a full conversation with me to kind of get to the root of the issue and, and it, it's the, you know it's exactly the same I, mean, I think it definitely serves a purpose I think social media is fantastic for um, just highlighting issues and making people more aware but sometimes it does make me a little bit nervous if people are actually just solely using that advice to then go out and make investments or go out and make purchases like you need to kind of do your own due diligence and make sure that mm, yeah actually what they're saying this person is regulated they do know what they're talking about i can trust them and i think that's that's the the line that you have to kind of draw in the sand and make and use your head sometimes and be like mm, just going to check that yeah i think i think what beth said there is, is totally key is that everybody's situation is unique like I'm a massive advocate for obviously investing in the stock market but I you know for somebody who's just about to buy their first property in two or three years time investing that money in the stock market is never the right yeah. <laughs> idea because you never know when the stock market is going to crash so each person's circumstances are unique so going on to YouTube and seeing what the returns are likely to be and thinking that you're going to get those returns in the next two or three years simply because you invest your money is not accurate and that's what can lead to people you know, um, having major issues when it comes to um, taking what is not unique advice online and then putting their money in something whereby they then can't afford what it is that they really want which may be a house or a car or something that they're saving towards. So we've actually had one of our LinkedIn legends come in with a question. Hi, I am Wendy Gannon. I am owner and photographer at Wick Photography. I help to enhance people's personal brands, help them to be seen in their content and the social media. I do not do boring photos. What I'd really like to know is what would be the best way for me to offer my clients uh, finance or for them to spread the cost of a photo shoot over a period of time thank you oh that's a really good question so there are a few different products that you can that finance products out there that you can use something like invoice finance is quite good for invoice based businesses but there's actually a brand new product that's hit the market um, that's very similar to Klarna so most people have heard of heard of Klarna you can go and use it now and to shop normally as a, an individual and it effectively just splits the payments now there is a new product out there is for businesses to do the same so the good thing about this product is it means that you are completely in control as a business owner if you want to make purchases whether it's paying HMRC or buying stock or make like you know a photo shoot that you might want to spend um, out on the you are in control of how you split those payments up so there is like an online portal and you literally choose to make uh, either 12 payments or one payment or a large lump sum you can actually have access to see how much is left as well so if you want to pay it off in short little spurts you can or if you want to split it into three large lump sums or one large lump sum and some tiny little ones that's absolutely fine too it just means that you can completely control how it's how it's paid. Um, the other good thing about the product is that there are no hidden fees or, or nasty surprises. The interest rate can be fixed as well, so it doesn't actually matter if the rate 
uh, changes, you know, if the government changes their interest rates and they go up, it's not going to be affected because it, when you've like locked in that rate um, initially when you've done the uh, done the order. And the other thing is it's done on affordability, so there's no like hard credit check when you're doing it easier. So if if you actually sort of are thinking, oh, I want to make a big purchase, but I want to spread the cost and make sure that I can afford it, this, that's a really good option. So I just think it's so important as a sort of business owner to consider what's important and then find ways to be able to afford it um because if you do think yeah i really want those photos it can be so frustrating when you suddenly think oh i can't afford it i haven't got the cash or i'm gonna have to scrimp borrow and save here um so i think it's it's really fun that that's come around and obviously the boring accounting warning of always make sure you can like reasonably plan to pay off whatever let's not be cl- we've all heard stories of people that have clannered their friday night wardrobe for six months and then realize they actually have to pay for it <laughs> yeah yeah I, th- I think that's the thing it's, it's managing i'm so glad clarinet didn't exist when i was young because i would definitely have taken advantage <laughs> of clarinet and, and not in the right way <clears throat> i think that would have been added to my student loan debt and various other bad financial decisions i made in my early i 20s. think that's a big thing isn't it is like you actually do have to you can't blame everyone else for the decisions that you make you have to make sure that you've got enough money in the bank to make those purchases over a long time so this is being financially savvy i think which is why listening to stuff like this is so good because it just like keeps it in the forefront of your mind doesn't it it all comes down to financial education really um and i guess financial education if people are getting on youtube that's one way of doing it like there's so many different ways you can do it i always remember the first time i watched big short i loved in there how i mean it might just help because it's margot robbie in a bathtub like i mean who doesn't love that um but how fun that they made educate like explaining the really boring financial stuff i know they had selena gomez in there as well explaining something and again i can't really remember what they're explaining but i just remember going oh my gosh that's the first time that's made sense to me because they've made it stand out they've made it fun they've made it interesting like how can we make financial education more accessible fun interesting or do we all just yeah, need to get naked and get in the like, bath the big short was <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to see that <laughs> yeah. not not yet no, I think like the, the the big short was brilliant it totally demystifying it was the first film that I think I'd watched where it was meant to help the the, the, the viewer understand exactly what was happening because like none of us understood like what a collateralized debt obligation was and then when they just say like it's loads of subprime really really bad mortgages chucked together as just a junk bond you know or, or they give you kind of like a, a nice easy way to understand it it was just so much simpler and then when when they played it out in the film and showed us exactly how these people were managing to get these ninja mortgages like no income no job and how that then was those mortgages were then put into these bonds and it was starting to make more sense to everybody. So I think like those kind of education pieces where you're really simplifying it and demystifying the jargon because fundamentally at the top level, you know, they're not doing anything that's, you know, it's not rocket science. It's just got fancy names to make you think that you should be paying high fees in order to get access to them. And I think that's why financial education is so important because it's so important for us to understand that 
Like, for example, all the maths that you'll ever need for the stock market, you'll learn in primary school, you'll learn in the fourth grade, as, as Peter Lynch famously said. It's just that we don't get taught that stuff, and we don't get taught our simple financial numbers. Financial numbers are really easy, just like if, if I was to stop anybody in the street and say, what's your height, what's your weight, how many calories should you have, you know, what's your shoe size, everybody easily could tell me. And I think knowing your financial numbers is just as easy it's just that nobody has helped you understand what what you're looking for and how to identify them, and 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 that's like my job now is is and my passion is to help people understand these things so that they won't have to pay high fees for the rest of their lives. They'll be able to understand exactly how things work and that they can do it for themselves quite simply. Um, yeah, I completely agree. I think one of the big things for me um, is that. I explain finance in simple terms with no jargon, no acronyms. Like I've come from the beauty industry. So while I've got a, um, a business background and I, when I was at college, I did study finance aspects within my HND. I have not been in that kind of corporate environment. So my conversational language is not corporate. It's not full of acronyms. I am the first person, when people hit me with an acronym, I'm like, I don't know what that means. I do not, I'm, all the time, I do not know what it means. You're gonna need to explain that to me because I don't know what it means. And I think I'm not frightened to say that I don't know something. I'm a very clever person. I know how to run a business. I've been quite confident in my own ability to do it. most the jobs that I've been given. But when it comes to finance, if someone says something that I don't understand, I will say straight away. And the amount of accountants and um, financial people that I've spoken to go, oh, that's just this. And they're so happy to explain it, but it's because they use it on a day to day. It's just normal language for them, but it's not normal for me. And so the biggest thing that I think that I have been able to do, um, especially with my LinkedIn content, is just explain things in a simple way that people can understand and they don't feel stupid by going, I didn't know that, or can you just explain that to me again, or I didn't quite get it. And I think that is what makes the difference, like making it accessible. Finance, you know, it's not about numbers. Everyone thinks it's about numbers. It really isn't. It's just learning how to use your money wisely and to get the most out of it like most of our job is is trying to save everyone like all of our clients we're all in it because we want to help people and make their life that much easier and save them money um, and make sure that they're getting the right financial product and I think the people that the specialists that are out there are on your side but you just have to be able to hold your hand up and say actually I don't know this can you help me and you're going to get that information back um, but I think more needs to be done certainly in schools um, and, and just to, to help grow uh, that knowledge because as you say you plant that seed and, and it does grow naturally. Um, I think that's why for me especially with the content that I put out online in the videos the reason I can make it so simple is because I, t I learned a lot of it myself like I taught myself a lot of it just because I needed to know what, what it meant what was going on I was working in accountancy practice and I thought what is this I'd listen to the 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 proper grown-up accountant speak when I was in my early 20s and I'd go I don't know what they're talking about and I'd learn it so the reason I can, can explain it so simply is because I taught it to myself so 
I understand it in simple terms. I don't understand it really in accountant speak. I understand it in normal person speak because that's how I learned it because I learned it myself by looking at numbers, by looking at what was going on, by overhearing conversations, by piecing it together. Um, so that's, that's for me why I can explain it simply and conversationally and like I'm chatting to a friend because that's how I learned it and that's how it all talks in my brain. So I think also just understanding where you're getting your education from and how you like listening to things and how you like being spoken to is a huge part of it as well. Yeah, definitely. It's what you want, isn't it? You want to feel like you can ask questions and you can have those conversations. That's the thing. It's a two-way straight, right, isn't it? You, you want to be able to ask the right questions and feel like you can, you know, it's easy to watch. You don't want someone who's going to put you to sleep. That's the biggest thing, isn't it? You think of finance, you think of, oh, my God, I'm just snoring my head off. It's like a total snooze fest. I don't want that. <laughs> Unless you're trying to go to bed, in which case that's fine. <laughs> I think my biggest like point to finish on is you don't feel bad if you've never been taught it. You can't expect to know it unless you've been taught it. So people that beat themselves up and go, oh, it's a silly question. It's never a silly question. If, if you've not been taught it, don't expect to know it. Yeah, and I think that is, that is key. A lot of people do beat themselves up or feel inferior because they feel like they should know this stuff. But remember, none of us were taught this stuff at school. So it's, you're not expected to know this stuff at this point, but it doesn't take a long time to learn it. It really doesn't. If you've got somebody on your side helping you do that, then honestly, you, you, you'll be amazed what you can achieve in a few months. And that's why we're all here together, isn't it, guys? Because we're making it easy to understand. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks for joining us today. That was FFS Fast Finance Sorted, your fun 15-minute finance fix. Um, please leave us a five-star review and then tag us on LinkedIn and use the hashtag FFF Fast Finance Sorted. The first 10 people that do will get a coffee on us. Yeah. Today's podcast was sponsored by Reward Finance Group. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>